Hour number two of Sports Talk begins with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. And we head to the Stanley Fencing and Gates hotline, thanks to our friends at Waters Equipment, to say hello to Vince Ferrara as he joins us for this hour of the show. Vince, how are you? I'm good, gentlemen. A little lighter week, as it turns out, than originally planned, but uh, we uh, we continue on. Hope you guys are doing well. Yeah, uh, it's, it's just amazing to see what you just don't know what headline's going to be coming next around the corner, um, but you look at what was really going to be a very busy week, and uh, uh, so much of it has been cleared, but I do know that you're very excited to uh, to be on your way to Oak Ridge Friday night for what should be an unbelievable 5A semifinal. Uh, absolutely, and digging into this matchup a little bit, just, you know, two coaches, two longtime great coaches in Joe Gaddis and Clark Duncan. They are really good friends. They text each other all the time after each other's games. They root for each other. Of course, they're not rooting for each other this week, but um, they have never met. Oak Ridge has never played South Doyle since the school has been South Doyle when it was just Doyle they met uh, back in the day, a long time ago, but um, it, they have never met those two schools since South Doyle became South Doyle. And, and um, you know, it's, it's just strange. And then even when Clark Duncan was at Powell, those two coaches never met up as well. So two great programs. And, uh, and then another really interesting thing is that the two teams – open up the 2021 football season at Oak Ridge next season. So for one team, it's going to be back-to-back meetings with the other. For the other team that wins, there'll be a little state championship game in between those South Oak Ridge games. That uh, should be one heck of a matchup. And as you mentioned, uh, there's quite the history between the two longtime friends and when, let's see, I believe it was 1991 is when Joe Gaddis won his last state championship. Uh, that mm-hmm. was in 3A football, and that year Powell finished runner-up in 2A. Yeah, and another crazy thing about that is the they played back-to-back games there at the state championship games because oh, that's right. was, there were only three classifications at the time. And Clark Duncan and, uh, and Powell, they were 2A, and Oak Ridge – was 3A, so they were in back-to-back games. And uh, just crazy how those two, that that little crossing of pass uh, was so long ago, and, and they've done scrimmages together. And um, and then they coached an all-star game together as well. But that's been the closest to them being on the field at the same time in, a, in, in an actual game. It's kind of, kind of crazy. So, yeah, really interesting matchup uh with these two that are both playing right now their best football and you got to get hot this time of year and uh, that's how they've uh they've come to the surface above everybody else vince from your vantage point what has it been like to uh to see tennessee go on the shelf again uh, when it comes to football as well as uh what we've seen in wiping out the first four games scheduled for rick barnes and balls hoops well first off what a day yesterday i mean i know you guys talked about it but who's dealt with this kind of cancellation in this COVID year to one school's games and and sports that are are actually happening you know we're we think we're going to play basketball um and they're trying to and working towards it and we've been playing football so 
Uh, same thing with, with women's basketball. So you, you lose women's basketball opener. You lose now the first four games, as you mentioned, for uh, men's college basketball, and then you get a postponement for football. Uh, now, it wasn't directly related to COVID, but it's just, it goes back to how just crazy and fluid 2020 is. And then, obviously, just massive disappointment for fans, that some of which have had already turned the corner from a frustrating football season into an ex- ultra-exciting basketball team uh, with a lot to look forward to, and now that's on the shelf as well. Um, it um, so that was that was tough to swallow, and and now you lose out on the opportunity to play two great programs. The Notre Dame game, as you know, you two pointed out, was reported but not officially announced, as they were trying to work out the details of that. Uh, I imagine that if they were willing to put that in the release, that it was uh, certainly going to to happen. And then you lose a chance to play uh, number one Gonzaga again, and um, and just the marquee opportunity, a great event. Uh, so you know, in the end, everyone will adjust, and, and hopefully everybody will be fine. And certainly hope for the best for Coach Barnes. And good to hear that his symptoms are, are mild right now. Uh, but um, you know, it's it's we shouldn't be surprised by anything. Just more of a disappointment as much as as anything else. So when you look at uh, the football situation, do you what kind of impact do you think it has going forward? I just wonder if Tennessee will look at it and say, well, this is another week uh, to try to practice and maybe get some of these young guys ready. Well, Jimmy, if we continue to hear. Jeremy Pruitt, tell us about how many guys missed practice time when trying to explain how things have gone. It should help them. <laughs> I mean, we're still ta- we're still talking about this. They've had they they had they did Sunday scrimmages. They've had multiple open weeks, and now they get another one. I- I'm sorry, I don't want to hear anymore about this guy missed a bunch of time in preseason practice because you had now three full weeks in addition to regular game weeks plus those Sunday scrimmages to get kids caught up to make up for that. I don't I don't know that, that we can still talk about that right now, yet we're still hearing about it. So I think this this should finally put to bed that, hey, this guy is in there. We have bust in the secondary because this guy missed practices and, um, you know, we'll see if that changes in terms of what, what to point to, but it, it should benefit them. Um, but it needs to benefit them, Jimmy, more in just more than just in yards and in them having a little bit more creativity. And I thought, I thought they had a lot more creativity. I mean, doing the orbit motions and running more on the perimeter and being more willing to throw on first down and not be predictable and scrapping that conservative – game plan early on uh, I, I thought all those were, were good advancements for for the offense and the play calling but you're two and five you've got to make bigger strides coming off of these open weeks and these extra weeks of practice than than what other people are getting they got to do more than just get more yards they got to get points and you got to get wins and now certainly with Florida as your next opponent uh, the the win part of it is going to be incredibly difficult. 
in terms of uh, basketball, and who knows when, uh, when they might actually start the season. I know they're hoping it'll be December the 12th against Cincinnati on the men's side. Uh, do you um, do you think they might as well be best served to wait till conference play, or do you think they should push forward and try to get in as many games in December as they can? I think they should try to play what they can and do it safely. Um, and sometimes it's not always going to be the safety of the UT athletes. Like they may be ready to go, but then the logistics of scheduling or having to adjust those things will, won't work out to where you'll be able to get uh, opponents in, or maybe there's an opponent that had something happen to them and then it pushed them back and not able to get cleared to travel. I and mean, there's going to be so many reasons for it that won't necessarily jeopardize the safety of Tennessee's players. I, I think they should try their best to get as many games in as they can safely before pre-conference. Uh, I know that Rick Pitino model has been trotted out. Uh, I it's just it's too late. It's too long of a time. I uh, you know I think uh, I think Rob pointed it out with you guys that a lot of a lot of good players would opt out if you just said we're waiting that long to March to get going. Your your sport, which already because of the early entry to the draft, is already lacking name recognition and stars and you're going to push even more of them out no i don't i don't think that's the move i think you try to make it happen you have to adjust as everybody is having to and will continue to do it and you do your best with what's presented to you but um i, I think rick barnes even mentioned in his last media veil that he would have liked to have seen them try to play earlier so they had more of a time to reschedule and things like that. And, you know, I, you wondered since you know, COVID has been more of an issue for them, how that would have impacted even more games for them potentially or, or how the dominoes would have fallen had that occur. You, you just never know and, and how guys got it and things like that. So, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, a few, a few pre-conference games and then you get into conference play that's, uh, do your best with it and and, um, and adjust on the fly as they're having to do. Our guest, Vince Ferrara, he joins us on the Stanley Fencing and Gates hotline. To join us, 656-9900, 656-9900. And, Vince, it's pretty easy to do your best when what's presented to you comes from Waters Equipment, right? Absolutely. They provide heavy-duty equipment uh, like skid steer tribe machines, mini excavators, tractors, all that kind of fun stuff. And, you know, whether it's your personal project or, or you know, something for work. They've uh, been in service in the area for 48 years. They'll take care of you. Just really proud to be able to spread the word on such a great company, Waters Equipment Company. And we've got more with Vince coming up as you listen to Sports Talk on 99.1, The Sports Animal. From the Budweiser Studios of The Sports Animal. All my life I've been an obese man trapped inside a fat man's body. We are 99.1, the sports animal. Six 
656-9900, star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. That's how you join us. Jimmy Hyams, I'm John Wilkerson, Vince Ferrara, our guest, courtesy of our friends at Waters Equipment. Let's go to the phones and say hi to Jim. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Jim. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. You know, before I forget, I wanted to uh, wish you and your families a very good Thanksgiving. Uh, certainly uh, one of the most difficult years any of us have ever spent, but I uh, wish you and your families well on Thursday. You too. Um, you, too. you too. You know, uh, I, I want to talk about Jeremy Pruitt, but Vince said something earlier that I had been thinking about uh Oh, after the Auburn game, we piled up all those yards, and Vince made the comment about it's it's got to be more than yards. It's got to be about points and wins, and that's what I was thinking about. Uh, and my analogy was, you know, piling up all those yards is like getting 15 hits in a baseball game and scoring three runs. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's 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 you got to get the yards when they count. You know they they don't they call it pay dirt. That's an old term, but they call it pay dirt for a reason. And we're not hitting pay dirt too often. You know, I really had high hopes uh, when Jeremy was hired. Uh, great pedigree as a as a as an assistant. Um, but now, as he's well into his third year, boy, there there are just some concerns that are, some things that are really concerning to me. Uh, player development is a, is a real concern to me. The, the staffing bothers me in that we don't have a whole lot of continuity there in terms of people that were there in their same positions three years ago. And the the the, the firing of uh, Brumball that 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 bothered me in terms of you're, you're going to fire a guy four games into after he's been hired. That bothered me. The eight coaches who didn't take the pay cut. I don't know that 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 bothered me. So there are some real concerning things. Now Jeremy's not going to get fired this year. Uh, that that ain't going to happen if, if for no other reason Tennessee can't afford it. Uh, my question is this, and it's a really difficult question. You know, you can gauge fan support uh, either pro or con via you know uh, talk shows and message boards, but that's a snapshot. Do you guys have a sense? You, you talk to people uh, around the program. You talk to fans. Do you have a sense of what Jeremy's fan support is at, at this point? Are there a lot of fans that would, if, if we could afford it, would be ready to cut bait? Or does he have maybe a, a lot of fan support that we that we don't know about? I think it's all over the place. To be honest with you, Jim, it's a great question, and the reason why it's valid and it needs to be discussed more is because so often, whether it's not just us on the air uh, doing sports talk shows, but it's people that are on social media, Twitter, you know, Facebook, everything else, and uh, and then also on message boards. Those are all just small percentages of the total fan base. You you can't take that as the full snapshot. Now, sometimes it does reflect the entire fan base or most of it, but I don't know that this, that you can, we can take a bunch of calls 
on Sunday Sports Sound Off with Jimmy or Sports Talk or any of our local shows. And if you were to count how many people said, fire Jeremy Pruitt, fire Jeremy Pruitt, that would be indicative of the entire fan base. I don't think that's the case. I think the people you don't hear from, there are. that's where a lot more of the either support or understanding of the situation of 2020, that's where that lives more than the people you hear from. Is it enough to be more than the people that are frustrated and have read the final chapter of the book, closed it, and tossed it? I don't know that that's the case uh, because there's probably some people that are quiet that you don't hear from. I know I've talked to some of them that are done with Pruitt too and they're just frustrated. But there's also a little bit of, I think, either apathy or like not paying as close attention to UT as they nor- as much as they normally would because they're probably dealing with so much in their personal lives. And I think that maybe decreases things more with the people you don't hear from. Uh, maybe it lessens the number of people that you hear from because of that. So I think it, it, it cuts him a little bit of slack in, in the totality of how people view him. But I, I do think it's kind of all over the board in, in how people view him. I don't know that there's a, an absolute one-way stance, Jim, if that makes sense. Jim from, that makes uh, perfect sense. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jimmy. That, that I have talked to, um, the majority of them are uh, ready to move on, the majority of them. Now, I don't talk to everybody and hadn't done a poll, but just the ones that I communicate with, they don't, they don't feel optimistic. But a part of that is I think that Pruitt's paying for the sins of Kiffin and Dooley and Jones and that the fan base is uh, growing frustration is not three years long. It's maybe, I don't know, 13 years long, back to 2007, the last time Tennessee played for an SEC championship. So I think some of that's in play. Uh, But then you have, like, I was talking to somebody who used to be on the coaching staff at Tennessee. He said, I'm not seeing improvement from game one to now with individual units, individual players, yes, like Eric Gray. But there's not been enough improvement to satisfy this person. And I was also talking to a significant booster this morning who told me that even if there was, even if they lifted COVID restrictions, he doesn't think that there would be sixty more than sixty thousand in Neyland Stadium for the next two or three years. That surprised me. And that is a very scary proposition because apathy it? is something no athletic department wants to uh, deal with. That's right. You know. Guys, I appreciate all the info and and analysis. You guys, again, like I said, have a great uh, Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. You as well, Jim. Jim. Stay well and be safe. We will get a break. We've got more of Vince Ferrara coming up to join us, 656-9900, 656-9900. Vince's Hour brought to you by Waters Equipment as you listen to 99.1, the sports animal. Vince Ferrara, as you listen to Sports Talk on 99.1, the sports animal. Back to the phones we go. It's Tim who's next. Hello, Tim. John, Jimmy, how's it going? Doing well. And yourself? Uh, Doing the flower thing today again, man. Just trying to get all these flowers out for Thanksgiving. Everybody's got some nice little uh, table 
settings and stuff ready to go, so i got to get those out there. All right. We'll be safe as you do that. What's your question? Yes. Yeah, I just wanted to check. i got so many, but I, I really just want to get this one or two if I can in. Uh, I wanted to uh, let John just ask John uh, this question. I want to say thank you for explaining yourself about the flop that the player did on the field saying that, you know, he, he was saying we don't teach this, we don't coach this, but you seen it and said, well, what do you think about this? And he just, like, kind of went off to it, and then you asked about the, the injury and stuff. My question is to John, good job on that, by the way. My question is, I know it could be a bad season if everything turns out like you're supposed to. Two and eight doesn't sound great. Three and seven is not much better. And they all talk that, oh, there's no way that he can be fired this year. It's been done already by somebody else. Is you Do you think, as you're being here, do you think that they could just do it if they wanted to? Well, I, uh, I don't put anything – out of the realm of possibility, but Jimmy, as you pointed out, the, the finances are quite different in what made it possible for South Carolina as opposed to it would be difficult for Tennessee simply for the fact that you're not just talking about Pruitt, who by himself would exceed what Tennessee's reserve is, but you also have, I mean, if, if, it's, if they were to clean house with the staff, you then are going to be the exact, uh, um, almost uh, into the red for the amount of the reserve you have right now if you have to pay off the rest of the staff. Right now, right. the reserve is $10.8 million. If you buy out Pruitt, that's 12.88. So you're $2 million in the red right there. And then if you fire the staff, that's about another $6 million. So the difference is South Carolina's reserve, and I just spoke to somebody today that told me the reserve is, is I had been saying between 30 and 40 because that's what Josh Kendall of the Athletic who covers South Carolina said. I was told today it's over $40 million. So you're dealing with a completely different animal financially. So South Carolina's got over forty men in reserve, and Tennessee's got ten point eight men in reserve. That makes it hard. Okay, is, that, do you, is that where you bring in? Do you not say nothing to bring in boosters to help with that? Was that different? Name, name me the last booster that came in and cut a check to buy out a coach for Tennessee. Tell me who that is and when it happened. Okay, Vince, what do you think? Well, I, I agree that the, the the booster thing is a is a, a little bit of a of a tall tale and a and a, a myth. Um, and then also, I, I you know I just think the finances are different. Plus, the coach that was let go, he was he was there longer in Will Muschamp. I mean, five had, years, right? The, yeah, he had been in South Carolina. It was year five for him. So it, it it's not the exact same circumstances and. I don't know how much they benefit by, you know, being the first ones to start looking, you know. Um, I, so I, I don't, I don't see it being the same way. And I know the the level of patience for the fans does not equal what the university is in, especially because of that financial aspect of it. So um, is anything on the table? Sure. But what, what else is there? Are we, are, are there, uh, will there be will it be two and eight with a big time internal mess and recruiting class falling apart or maybe some other controversy? I mean, if you start piling on things in addition to that, to where you start to start to calculate, you know, fixing it, uh, you know, to, to compared to keeping them, then that's going to be something different. And here's another aspect of it. Uh, and Jim brought it up in his last in the in the last call in the last segment. 
there's been a lot of coaching turnover. Guess what's going to continue to happen with a disappointing 2020 season? They're going to have more changes to their staff, not Pruitt next year. So they're, yes, some of the expiring guys they won't be on the hook for, but they may have to let guys go that are still under contract. So there's going to be even more uh, with that, that will add to that expense of Jeremy Pruitt next year. Uh, but even still, that being said, I, I don't I don't see them doing it unless it, there's other things beyond just the record, in my opinion. Okay. And I, I guess right, we should it. point out the blame or credit for the Pruitt questions were actually ones that I asked, not John, about the flopping. Yeah. But, uh, Tim, we do appreciate it. Drive safely. Have a great Thanksgiving. Let's go next to Mike. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Mike. First of all, thanks for taking my call, and I want to say I really enjoy your show very much. I appreciate the research and preparation all three of you gentlemen do before you get on the air, and it comes through day after day. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, My question is, I'm one of the few fans, I think, that feels like Pruitt needs at least one more year and possibly two more. But besides my personal feeling, I'm just wondering what your gut feel is on Philip Fulmer's perspective on this and the personal experience he had of being terminated as a head coach. How do you think that's going to play into his decision process and the amount of leniency or years or time he might be inclined to give Coach Pruitt. Um, I'll just say this. Um, I think it's a very different situation because Fulmer at least had a high measure of success when he was fired, and he felt like he should have been given – another do-over. He had one do-over after 2005. He wanted another one. Pruitt's had no success, basically, at Tennessee. He had a winning streak against uh, unranked teams, but nothing like what Fulmer did. So I think those situations are very different. So I I don't know. My perspective is I don't know that Fulmer's going to say, hey, man, I got fired. I'm going to be more compassionate to this guy versus where's the improvement? What are they doing in recruiting? Are they, do they have a quarterback that can get Tennessee the next level? I think he's going to look more at that than the compassion of, hey, I got fired, so I'm going to I'm going to give this guy two more years. That's what I think. Vince, you got any different thoughts on that? No, I think you're spot on on that. It's an interesting question, but I agree that it is much different circumstances. I think where there might be leniency, if that's the, the right word for this, would be because of the investment in Pruitt because it's Philip Fulmer's hire and the two are connected and Philip Fulmer's legacy as athletic director is directly connected to the success of the head football coach that he hired. So if you're going to have any leniency to try to make it work and or, and or patience, if that's a better word, it would be because it's his hire and he wants to see it through and not – admit to uh, a mistake for the head coaching hire, but I don't think it would be because he's gone through it. And look, you know, he had to move on from Holly Warlick, who was in such a difficult position to replace Pat Summit, but he had to make that decision. And it, it was clearly painful for him because they were friends. 
So I, I know it's not the exact same situation, but I, I, I think it would be because it was his hire that he might have a little bit more patience. But there's other factors, obviously, finances and, and other things involved in it too. Right. right. Well, thank you all three very much. Again, great show. Mike, we sure do appreciate it. You have a great night as well. We will get a break and be back with a final segment to this hour of Sports Talk. Again, our guest, Vince Ferrara, and we sure do appreciate him as well as our friend at Waters Equipment for sponsoring this hour. This is Sports Talk on 99.1, the sports animal. Only one radio station makes your workday a little more manageable. Only one station is 99.1, the sports animal. Final segment to hour number three, excuse me, hour number two of Sports Talk. Final segment with our own Vince Ferrara. His appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment. And why don't we go back to the phones where Roger joins us. Hello, Roger. Hi, hi, John, Jamie, and Vance. How's everybody doing? Doing well. How are you? Thank you. Yeah, I'm fine, Vance. I have a test given to I don't know. That's given coming up Thursday. This one, well, not this one. Tell you have today's given to to John, Jamie, too. All y'all. That's well, given to you very much. To you family. as well. Yes, to you. As Same well. to you, Roger. Eat well. Uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, have that's given to you, family, too, Vance. To you too, Vance, and uh, to you too. I'll be happy to get this given. Hey, to you, Vance. Uh, how Vince, how thing going? How thing going for you, Vance? For you. It's good. You know, this week is obviously, as John and Jimmy and I talked about at the beginning of the show, it's gotten a lot lighter with the workload this week. So I'm hoping it gives me a chance to actually go to the grocery store to buy all the Thanksgiving food I plan to cook, which I don't know if I would have had time to do before all those games got canceled. So, so yeah, there's a a good thing that came out of it at least. But yeah. I just wanted to ask you, Vince, a few of your questions uh, to you. Uh, to you. Uh, first, uh, uh-huh. it's about Pruitt. I just wanted to ask you. Uh, I just wanted to ask you uh, about it. Is uh, uh, with, uh, with 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 two and five right now, Vince? That's why I ask you. I know I know fans are not happy with Pruitt, with Pruitt right now. Uh, how things are going on the field? I just want to ask you how much longer? Do you, uh, how much more time do you give you give you give Pruitt, Vince? I, I know it might be kind of hard to answer that question, but that's one I just curious. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a chance. No, a year or two, but I just want to ask you to, for you, uh, with, 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 how things how going on, Vance. I want to ask you how much, uh, how much more time do you give Pruitt here? Do you give Pruitt, Vance, Vance, as far as well, that? Uh, well, Roger, obviously things have gone so much different than the conversation uh, entering this year on the six game win streak and then the two wins to start the year. I mean, it's gone south in a hurry. So we're not that far removed right. from them having having success and fans being excited about it. Um, I, I, I don't think you fire him right now. I think you got to give him a little bit more time. But there are certainly right. a number of things that are concerning that you need to get alleviated or they need to turn things around at some point, beat somebody that maybe they're not supposed to the, the rest of the way, show some sort of of life and bounce back. I I just I don't just think you flush it because it's 2020 and COVID. 
uh, and all that and and just act like it didn't happen. Uh, it's too significant of a drop-off from the direction that the program was going. And whether it's the assistants or, or, or having to fire a coach that, all, that ultimately he hired, recommended or not, and all these things are under his watch. And to his credit, he, he says, I got to do a better job and this and this and, and that. Um, and he doesn't really throw his players under the bus, but it's about results. And that, that's got to come yeah. around. He's got to beat somebody significant. And he's got a couple of opportunities the rest of the way and then a no-win no situation with Vanderbilt where you will only get blame if you lose and, and the heat will be turned up and he won't get any credit if he wins that game. Um, so I, I think you got to evaluate yeah. it and see what, what else is going on behind closed doors that are leading to this. But – uh, I, I wouldn't fire him yet. I, I think you got to see it through unless there's some massive problems behind closed doors that we don't know about that aren't fixable or are too costly to fix, and then you, know, then you reevaluate it at that point. But I, I wouldn't pull the plug yet. Uh, no, well, I mean, I'm with you with that. I'm with you. I'll give, give more time to you. I just want <laughs> And with that, and I also just want to ask you, Vance, about uh, about about the about team wise. What do you do if you if you prove? What do you do to get the team? To, uh, I know I know they play better you know, against Auburn. What do you? But 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 the same problems that you've been having, Vance. What do you do to fix it? The the, 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 the same the same stuff that you say on defense wise, and also the uh, the title. Uh, how do you? Uh, what do you do if you prove it to get this get this fixed? You know, get this fixed. Get this fixed. Well. Well, Roger, it's a it's a good question. I think there's a lot of things they can do better because yes, they they uh, were better offensively, but you got to get points and you got to beat somebody. So yes, they showed some steps. They're more creative in their play calling. All those things were positive. You got to take advantage of another open week and and make bigger steps for this next game. Although it's going to be hard to hard to to see those results with the opponent that, that they'll face in Florida. Um, but to me, I yeah. think the best way is you uh, you start Harrison Bailey. I don't know, based on Jeremy Pruitt's okay. comments, that he's going to going to do that. Uh, and then Jer- if Jerry Garantano would just avoid those catastrophic plays, he would be their best option. But because those happen – I think that's why you have to you have to look at Harrison Bailey and maybe if Bailey doesn't play well, is nervous and he's not handling the run game and all those kind of things that Pruitt has pointed to, and I'm sure there's legitimacy in why he plays. Uh, Jerry Garantano has shown he can come in off the bench and be successful. So I, yeah. you know, now against Florida, I don't, I don't, I see, I think it's less likely that they do it. But um, but I think those are your your quickest fixes is you take advantage of your of your open week practices and you make a change at quarterback which you know I probably would have would have done several weeks ago at least. Roger, we sure do appreciate it. Thank you very much. And uh, and Vince, for folks that didn't get to hear in the cage last week, what was it like to catch up with the UFC lead commentator John Gooden? Oh, it was awesome. He joined us from the UK. Wow. Which is, <laughs> I mean, he—that's his home base, and he was on Fight Island. He caught some of the UFC uh, events there. It was awesome. He just really respect his work. And then we're going back to the UFC with our guest on our Thanksgiving special this Thursday, as 
in Octagon announcer Joe Martinez will be our guest on Thursday, which is cool, and he's going to be the the PA guy, basically the Octagon announcer that's announcing all the fights and everything. He's going to be the one on the mic, and a lot of fight fans will recognize that name and seen him. He does boxing with Golden Boy Promotions and Victor. So, uh, really cool for us to be able to talk to Joe Martinez on uh, on Thanksgiving Day. I think we're going to be a little bit later because of football. So I think we're going to be at 9 o'clock, 9 to 10 because of the Washington-Dallas football game and kind of pushing everything back. But just look for us on Thursday night. Tim Loy and I will have fun uh, talking about last week's pay-per-view and looking ahead to this Saturday's show in Vegas talking MMA. Outstanding, and uh, and we will look forward to that. Also look forward to, again, uh, South Doyle at Oak Ridge, which people will be able to hear on uh, the Sports Animal on Friday. Yep, it will be a lot of fun. Coach Mahoney is just absolutely beside himself that we're going to get the call this 5A semifinal. I mean, he's probably watching tape right now. So um, <laughs> it'll, it'll, be, it'll be a lot of fun on Friday. All right. Hey, Vince, thank you so much. We sure do appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to both of you guys, Ben, Sam, and everybody listening. Thanks so much. That's Vince Ferrara brought to you by Waters Equipment.